Why should we be fighting the injustices of today if things are only going to get worse? If God says that it's basically going to get worse, then why bother saving babies? Why bother fighting abortion? Why bother changing hearts and minds? Now that Russia has invaded Ukraine, our NATO allies are on alert for further aggression. Could this be the beginning of World War III? Is the invasion of Ukraine a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? If you're a believer in the rapture and the coming world dictator called the Antichrist, you'll want to stay tuned to this broadcast. My guests will open your eyes to end times madness and how prophecy has become the obsession of the modern church. Activist Radio, the Mark Harrington Show, is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. And if you want to find out more about the radio program, you can go to markharringtonshow.com or any of the popular podcasting uh, platforms. Uh, today on the program, I have Gary DeMar, and, and just a little backstory here. I first read the book, The Late Great Planet Earth, when I was 16 years old. I was a non-believer, and my brothers, who were saved at the time, shared with me this book, and I was terrified about what you know might be coming in the years ahead. And this was like 1976. Uh, the book was recently released after, uh, right before that, and it was written by Hal Lindsey. Uh, about the future. And uh, I wasn't a believer yet, but it certainly scared me enough to start considering uh, what the claims of Christ, what, what claims he had. And that started me on a path uh, to try to figure out, you know, what, what the future might hold for us. And then two get decades later, I uh, actually read this little pamphlet right here, which is called Is Jesus Coming Soon, written by Gary DeMar, my my guest today, and this really opened my eyes to what uh, the Bible teaches about the future. And so uh, what I wanted to do, I've had Gary on my programs before, and we've talked about this, but the reason why this is uh, a more of a pressing issue today is because, obviously, of the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And uh, nearly every modern-day prophecy book it seems to come to the same conclusion, and that is this, that Russia is Ezekiel's Gog, with its leader being the Prince of Rosh. Uh, however, I think uh, there's another point of view, and we want to talk about that today. We want to talk about Matthew 24, which is the primary uh, prophetic uh, uh, statements of Jesus Christ uh, about the future. Uh, so I want to dive right in. Uh, Gary, thanks for being on the program. Well, it's good to, good to be back. It's been, been some time. So I know this is, uh, you know, uh, heightened people's interest in the future. Uh, like I say, I was brought up believing that uh, we were living in the end times. In fact, Hal Lindsey, he didn't predict it directly, but he basically said in the 1980s that was going to be the end of the world. Uh, and so many others have predicted this over the last 50, 60 years, but actually for centuries, to be honest with you. But, uh, it, you know, it piqued my interest. And then I began to read some of your books and it, it challenged that view. Let's deal with the issue right before us, and that is Ukraine. Uh, there are those 
who are now you, you know re-upping uh, their claims that we're living in the end times because Russia has involved uh, are in, in, in invaded Ukraine, and they would say that Russia is the Rosh of Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. How do you handle that question or that that idea? Well, as you mentioned, this is something that's been going on for a very, very long time. People making the same claims. Uh, and I have a I have a library full of books on this particular topic. I have a, a long plane record by Jack Van Empey from the 1960s who made the same type of claim. And you can go back uh, 1500 years and you can find uh, commenters on Bible prophecy who take th Ezekiel 38 and 39 and apply it to to their their day. So what we're seeing today isn't anything new. And you mentioned Hal Lindsey's Late Great Planet Earth. It came out in 1970. So you're looking at 52 years. And, um, and, and essentially, he said, look, the things were going to come to an end in the 1980s. He said that Israel becoming a nation again in 1948 was extremely important prophetically. He went to Matthew chapter 24, verse 34, where it says this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. A generation is 40 years, so you add 40 to 48, 1948, you get 1988. And the rapture was supposed to come sometime between 1981 and 1988. He wrote a book also called The 1980s Countdown to Armageddon. So again, everything we're seeing today has been said before using the same Bible passages. Uh, the, the, the problem comes down to uh, when you look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, the, the Hebrew word that's used there is rosh. And mm -hmm. it's, a common, it's a common Hebrew word. It occurs probably 600 times in the Old Testament, and it means head or chief. Uh, like Rosh Hashanah is the, is the head festival of the new year. Uh, the Benjamin Netanyahu was the prime minister. He was the Rosh minister. Uh, so this has nothing whatsoever to do with modern day Russia. In fact, if you take the Hebrew spelling of Russia today, the only letter that's common with the Hebrew word Rosh is the first letter, which is the is Resh. Uh, the, the, the words don't sound alike. You don't even need to know Hebrew to see that they don't even look alike. Um, and, and there are numbers of other problems as well. If you read the, if you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, I encourage people to do this. Uh, mm -hmm. don't, don't take my word for it and don't take anyone right. else's word for it. Read right. Ezekiel 38 and 39 and you will find in there that the battle is being fought with bows and arrows, spears, uh, riding chariots, uh, uh, they're on horseback. Uh, this is an ancient battle that is is in our past. Um, and I, I've seen a number of, of, of prophecy writers claim, well, 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 what's really going on here is that, Ezekiel, that the Holy Spirit revealed this to Ezekiel in ways that Ezekiel's people could understand it. So if that's the case, and this had nothing to do with Ezekiel's day. Why? Why was it needed? Why? Why was it uh, any need for them to, for the Holy Spirit to uh, um, help them out with this battle? If this thing is about us, and some prophecy writers would say, "Oh well, horseback. What that means is horsepower, and chariots. Those are tanks, and bows right. and arrows. Those are missile launchers." 
and spears, those are jav javelin missiles. Um, and, I, I, and I'm sorry I'm to laugh, but that, it's, that, it's that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets that a little bit exactly absurd. That is exactly what some of these people have actually said. And uh, yeah. and the and the and and the the odd thing is, the people who are writing on this particular topic are they claim to interpret the Bible literally. But mm -hmm. so when you get to this particular chapter, all of a sudden, literalism is is thrown out the uh, thrown out the window. Right. My guest is uh, Gary Demar. He's the president of American Vision. Um, and also has written countless essays, articles, and books on the issue of end times. End times, uh, in fact, this book, End Times Madness, is another book that I read uh, right after really coming to Gary's position. Uh, this is you can find all these books on AmericanVision.org. Uh, Gary, you know, we have a really short time here, so I want to jump right in on a couple of rapid fire questions, if you would. The uh, Matthew 24, of course, is the key passage of the prophecy that Jesus laid out. I want to read just the first three verses and then ask you what this is all about. Uh, it says that uh, Jesus came out from the temple and as he was going away, when his disciples came up to him and pointed out the temple buildings, and he answers and said to them, do you not see that all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here shall be left upon another, which will not be torn down. And he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Uh, what is Jesus talking about here? Is he talking about some future, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years later, or is he talking about what's about ready to happen? Well, again, context is everything. Uh, we have to remember that when the New Testament was written, there were no chapter headings, there were no verse verse numbers. Uh, and so the, you have to ask yourself the question, why did the disciples ask Jesus this question about the temple? Mm -hmm. Because in the previous chapter, exactly. Jesus uh, indicts that generation. Um, I mean, it's, it's really, it's right. we think of Jesus meek and mild. T t read Matthew chapter 23, and Jesus then says, your house is going to be left to you desolate. And then he went on to say that this was going to happen to their generation. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus, then Jesus leaves the temple, he was in the temple when he said this, and that's why the disciples asked the question regarding the temple. And, and by the way, it's not, it doesn't say the end of the world like some translations right. have, but it says right. the end of the age, the end of right. the old covenant age. When that temple was destroyed, animal sacrifices were gone, priesthood was gone, that old covenant age was gone, and that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. And mm -hmm. so Matthew 24, Mark 13, and if anyone's interested, you can go to AmericanVision.org. I did a Sunday school class the uh, uh, last, two, last two weeks on, on, on Mark 13, which is parallel to this, where I go through Mark 13 verse by verse, which, verse, which is very similar to Matthew 24 and Luke 21. But the, this all happens before their generation passed away. Uh, verse 34 of Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus says, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And every mm -hmm. time this generation is used in Matthew's gospel and elsewhere in the New Testament, it always refers to the generation of, to, to whom Jesus is speaking in, in the Gospels, but it refers to 
that particular generation. If Jesus had a future generation in mind, he would have said that generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And then if you look at 24:33, it says, even so you too, talking to his disciples, when you see all these things, recognize that it is near right at the door. And you can follow the second person plural all the way through Matthew 24 to see that Jesus is describing that generation and that generation alone. Well, that was a clincher to me. I mean, Matthew 24 is pretty clear in verse 34 that this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Now, he was talking about certain things taking place, and and I want to go through a couple of these without getting into real detail because we won't have time. But he talks about false Christ will arise. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be famines, earthquakes, birth pangs. The gospel will be preached to the whole world and the abomination of desolation. I know we can't have, take the time to deal with each one of these, but the modern prophecy writers would say that these are future. They are yet to take place. The one that I often hear is that the gospel will be preached to the whole world uh, and also the abomination of desolation. Can we deal with those two? Well, I mean, the thing about uh, wars and rumors of wars, we've always had wars and rumors of wars. That's not really a sign of the <laughs> end. True. Uh, true. And the famines, fa- f- war and famines go together. And if you look at Acts chapter 11, it says uh-huh. that there will be a famine throughout the entire Roman Empire. The, the Greek word there is oikumene, throughout the throughout the the confines of the political boundaries of the Roman Empire. So think of that. Jesus says famines. Acts 11 says during the reign of Claudius, there was a famine Mm -hmm. all over the Roman Empire. Um, The the abomination of of desolation. Notice what it says. It says, when you see the abomination of desolation. Luke Mm -hmm. puts it this way. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, This was a local judgment. You could escape this coming judgment by simply leaving Jerusalem and heading for the hills. There's a description of flat roof homes, uh, Sabbath. uh, Your your cloak was important in those days. That was a local judgment on that generation. So what was the abomination of desolation that Jesus was referring to? That's that's the more difficult you know question right. to answer, but we do know that the abomination of desolation had something to do with the temple. So Jesus says, "Look, the temple is going to be destroyed with, right. before that generation passes away," right. which means the abomination that causes the desolation had to be in that temple. The New Testament doesn't say anything about a rebuilt temple, and a lot of people think it had something to do with the with the the bloodletting that took place within the temple. Remember that this temple was being rebuilt during Jesus's time. And it was finally, it was finalized. It was completed in around um, AD 64. So this was, Mm -hmm. that was six years before the destruction of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot was taking place during that period of time that the Romans then came in here and had to put down this, uh, this uh, uh, insurrection that was, that was taking place. And the Romans you know, they were okay with anybody's religious beliefs as long as they kept the peace. And what was happening in Jerusalem at that time is that the religious leaders and the and the political leaders of that time uh, were fed up with Rome and then attacked Rome. And then Rome came in there and literally 
tore the temple apart stone by stone. So if you were to go over to Israel today, you wouldn't, you'd never see that there was any indication that there was a temple there. There's the, there's a wall there, the Wailing Wall, but it had nothing to do with the temple. Not one stone was left upon another. My guest is Gary DeMar, and you can go to AmericanVision.org and order his books on uh, End Times Prophecy. Also, he writes on history. In fact, uh, his three-volume book, God and Government, we use in our homeschool and have been for years. Uh, We're talking about End Times Prophecy with the um, invasion of Ukraine by Russia. A lot of interest in this topic right now. Gary, to move on, we've talked about uh, Rosh, as you say, and not being Russia in Ezekiel 38, 39, but also we've talked about Matthew 24, Jesus's primary prophecy, talking about the things that were going to take place in the generation in which he was speaking to. Uh, the other topic I want to take on here in the time we have left is this issue of the book of Revelation. I, I think the dating of the book of Revelation is another key point. Uh, If we read here in verse 1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. And then in verse 3, that these things were written for the time is near. Uh, Gary, those are pretty good indicators that that the book of Revelation isn't talking about 2,000 years later that it was written prior to the destruction of the temple. If you would, elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, and then I have a, another question about the book of Revelation. Yeah, I mean, that, now we're getting deep in the weeds when you start talking about the book of Revelation, because it's obviously just filled with you know symbols. You have a giant right. woman out in space. you got a dragon with a tail. you got stars being thrown down. But thrown the down dating the, matters, right? Yeah, the dating does matter. And the temple... John is told to measure the temple, and there were still worshipers in the temple. And Mm -hmm. we know that the temple was destroyed in A.D. 70, and then one of the arguments for all of this is is that the rebuilt temple, this was the temple that was still in existence before it was destroyed, because remember, it had been completed in A.D. 64, and so that temple was still standing, which means the book of Revelation was most likely written before the destruction of Jerusalem in, in A.D. 70. Um, now, so Gary, your, your, your detractors would say this. They would say that, they, uh, that John was not measuring the second te- temple, but a third temple, <laughs> the one that was going to come soon. I don't know how that works, but that's what uh, the modern prophecy writers would say about that. Yeah, well, in order for you to get another temple, you have to get some some indication that there was there was going to be another temple. And even right. people who claim that the temple is going to be rebuilt are, are come right out and say there is no verse in the New Testament that says anything about a the temple being rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the you know it's not it's not on me to defend. The idea that this is not referring to a rebuilt temple. The burden of proof is on those who claim that there needs to be another rebuilt temple. Where is the evidence in the New Testament where Jesus or anyone else says there is going to be a rebuilt temple? Jesus is the new temple. We are also temples. Jesus is the cornerstone. Uh, has we, There's nothing in the New Testament that says anything about this revival of Judaism in, 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 at some time in the future. Because if you take that position, 
and those who hold this position will, will tell you this, they believe there's going to be another Jewish Holocaust during mm. this, their view, their view of this, this new great tribulation that's coming in the future, much worse than the Holocaust that took place in Nazi Germany. There's one more topic that I'd like to tackle with you, Gary, and that is the issue of the Antichrist. Uh, the Bible talks about Antichrist or Antichrists in First and Second John, but uh, that is just a spirit. What, what is the difference between what modern prophecy writers would say about a one-world Antichrist and what the Bible speaks of in the New Testament? Well, there, the only place where you will find the, the term Antichrist is in 1 John and uh, 2 John. And, mm -hmm. and, and John is very, very clear in the definition of an Antichrist. An Antichrist is someone who denies that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh. That is right. the biblical definition of Antichrist. It's not a political yeah. figure. It was a That's religious figure. John mm -hmm. also said that there were many Antichrists, and he said by that fact, it's evidence that it was the last hour. And most better, better Bible students understand the, the Antichrists of the day were unbelieving Jews who rejected Jesus as the promised Messiah. Uh, so there, again, I, I always encourage Christians, go back and read the text of Scripture for yourself in order to determine what, the, what they say about a particular uh, you know, prophetic event. So, Gary, we got about a minute left. If you want to wrap this up, uh, just, you know, our listeners, this may be the first time they've heard anything like this, like I did decades ago when I was, uh, you know, I was, I read the late great planet Earth. I believed in uh, dispensationalism and a futurist view of these prophecies that they had yet to be fulfilled. Uh, this came to me and, and really opened my eyes. And there are people listening that probably have not heard this before. What would you tell them? Well, again, I, we don't have much time. I would just say this. You'll check your Bibles. I've written a couple of books on this. Um, is Jesus Coming Soon is one of them. Wars and Rumors mm -hmm. of Wars, which goes through Matthew 24 in, in, in great detail. And a bigger book uh, that deals with other topics other than Matthew 24, but some of the things we talked about called Last Day's Madness. Right. Uh, if you, and you can order those at AmericanVision.org. Uh, and keep in mind, I don't make any money on this. I work for a, a nonprofit organization. All of these books belong to American Vision, so I'm not selling these books so I can get rich by them. If I wanted to get rich, I would buy, I would write a real prophecy book like Hal Lindsey did. But, uh, <laughs> Tim LaHaye, right? Or Tim LaHaye. So uh, <laughs> these are all available in American Vision if you're interested. And after reading them, if you have any questions, you can always email at, su at support at AmericanVision.org, and I will do my best to answer any questions you have after reading any one of these books. Gary DeMar has been my guest. He's the president of American Vision. You can find out more by going to AmericanVision.org. Gary, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Hey, friends, if you're wondering what End Times Prophecy has to do with your radioactivist and the pro-life issue, let me tell you this. For years, even decades, I've been told by others that it's only going to get worse and that uh, Jesus is going to come back when things get really bad and he's going to rapture the church and we're going to go off into the clouds with him and leave this place behind. Uh, and and what, the, what people would often conclude on that or based on that is that 
Why should we be fighting the injustices of today if things are only going to get worse? If God says that it's basically going to get worse, then why bother saving babies? Why bother fighting abortion? Why bother changing hearts and minds? Why bother trying to make abortion illegal? And I think it's a good point, a good question. And it's one of the things that has led me to this position uh, that Gary DeMar puts forward, and that is that most of the prophecies in the Bible are fulfilled. Uh, And so that's why I brought Gary on today, and you can find out more by going to AmericanVision.org. Also, I just want to let you know we're going to be recording a program on what might be ahead of us in a post-Row America. I've talked about this briefly on uh, past programs, but I'm going to spend some more time uh, digging into this because I think it's uh, something we need to be aware of and something we are anticipating here, and that is going to affect what we do. We have to be involved in voter education, pregnancy support, and possibly boycotting pill manufacturers and pharmacies that dispense the abortion pill. But I'm going to be spending more time on that in future broadcasts. So stay tuned here to The Mark Harrington Show. You can find out more going to markharringtonshow.com or pick up the podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the popular podcasting platforms. Please listen, share, and leave a five-star review We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.